one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And this is a special festive episode. Paul, what is this special festive episode about? <clears throat> well, firstly, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, and what we're going to be discussing, uh, possibly controversially, uh, we're going to be talking about the three ghost stories for Christmas that were done by Mark Gatiss. And I think that's excellent. But you're, you're right, it is controversial to a certain uh, degree. <clears throat> because not everyone is a big fan so i think cards on the table i'll, I'll say i'll say my position i am a big fan of mark gatis um, very important writer writer i really 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 like and have done since the league of gentlemen days and he, he's done a lot of very significant work in doctor who sherlock dracula um, i think a lot of it is great i don't love everything he's written i don't love anything every anybody's written uh Hang on, I don't love everything that anybody's written. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. But I do really, really, really like him. And of course, he's also a great actor. Uh, but not everyone feels like that. But, you know, different people are entitled to their opinions. How do you feel about Mark Gatiss? Um, I probably feel the same. Um, I, think, I think I've always quite enjoyed his Doctor Who episodes, but maybe not all of them uh, have been great. Um, well, that's true of, of anyone. That's true. Uh, yeah, Stephen Moffat. It's true of Robert Holmes. It's true of anyone. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they've been. A, he's done a number of sort of uh, horror documentaries as well on on the BBC, which I've I've really enjoyed. Um, it, his his a uh, history of horror is something. His three part series is something I I, I still rewatch every couple of years. So yeah, I'm a fan too. So I think we'll probably be coming at it from that angle but so i think i think that's absolutely right this isn't going to be a long episode of how much we we love mark gators we are going to try and discuss <laughs> these things you know uh, with, with like uh, a critical eye but we're coming from a position of you know really admiring his, his work now if, if people don't feel like that you're going to be disagreeing with a lot of the things that we say <laughs> but then, that, that, that's all right you know there are different different opinions but then we yeah. know why, why are you listening to this but okay yeah if, if, if you hate mark latest <laughs> i would probably turn off now and um, if you if you and and conversely if you are mark gatis and you're having a sneaky <laughs> listen right uh, mark we think you're great but there are going to be a couple of things we say about things that you know we wouldn't have done the same way as you so please don't take offense right <laughs> i mean that was quite a niche thing but i thought i'd get that out there too <laughs> well you you never know you never know. Um, okay, so uh, order of business. We are not going to talk about Crooked House. So Crooked no. House was a, a series of ghost stories that were written by Mark Gatiss that were put on at Christmas, but they weren't ghost stories for Christmas. It was kind of a different thing. So one day I'm sure we'll cover that, but that's, this what? is not that day. Was Crooked House actually on at Christmas? I yeah, don't remember it being, was it? Okay, I don't well, remember it being on at Christmas. So. I'm not. I'm not going to check that at now. But I remember watching <laughs> it at Christmas. <laughs> so okay, um, fair enough. I th I thought it was a Halloween thing, but uh, 
but I don't know. Who knows? Did you know, you know, this also, another good point you raise is this isn't a podcast that's about facts. Yeah. We're not here <laughs> to really educate people just to you know, discuss things. Um, so, you know, it may have been on at Christmas. It may have been on at Halloween. It may have been on at Easter. It may not Who even cares? exist. Who cares? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, we're not covering it. So it really doesn't. Matter. Exactly. Um, so, so the first of the ghost stories we are going to be talking about is the Tractate Midoth. Now, this yeah. was made in 2013, and it was made for BBC Two. Um, yeah. So it, it does change a bit which BBC channel these ghost stories are on, but this was for BBC Two, and um, it starred, I think, um, and I haven't prepared this, but I believe it's pronounced Sasha Darwin. Sasha Dewan. Sasha Dewan, okay. Yeah. Uh, who, who has uh, a long relationship with Mark Gatiss and with things we, we love, long professional relationship. Um, and also uh, quite a recognisable supporting cast. Um, which the, the cast for this are, are, are surprisingly good, aren't they, I think? I mean... Yeah. Uh, so so um, Gatiss, and this, I believe, is his directorial debut as... Yeah as well as writing the screenplay, uh, adapted, of course, from the, the story by M.R. James. As so, so many of the ghost stories for Christmas, the classic ones were, not all of them, but, yeah. but so many were. Um, and it's got David Ryle, Eleanor Bron, and Nicholas Burns, and Susan yeah. Jameson, and Una Stubbs, uh, and... Um, Actually, a few, a few other people. Well, obviously, Roy Barraclough. Roy Barraclough. Coronation, Coronation Street fan, thing. Uh, which I certainly am not. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Roy Barraclough. Um, so, so, so uh, and that isn't even everybody. It's quite a. It's only like half an hour long, and it's quite, quite yeah. a large cast. And and the the story, um, well, it is the the same as the M.R. James story, but the order of things is different. Which I, yes. uh, and there are a couple of differences which I actually think are, you, you know, slightly problematic. It, well, not problematic as in dodgy, but just as in uh, not not right for the for the story. And I and I and I actually know why this is because um, there there's a BFI interview that he that um, Gators did at the time, yeah. and, and he he said. Um, that that the um, the clergyman, the Reverend Rant, isn't it? Um, who, who's Rant. Like, Rant? Rant. I'm too southern. Bin, Rant. Bin posh. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so so uh, Gates, Gates says he has no motivation, so he has to invent one, and he invents the Eleanor Bron character of the housekeeper um, to just say he's basically evil and twisted. However, um, I, I've read the story. And I don't think that's true. I think he does have a motivation. And uh, I think because, uh, because Gatiss uh, didn't, didn't read it that way, I think he, he actually mm. tells the story in a slightly different way than the way that I read it. Um, uh, 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 but let's, let, let, let's go through um, what happens. So at first, first off, you get this scene of um, Susan Jameson, uh, Leela from Doctor Who, of course. <laughs> you mean, um, you mean uh, Louise Jameson, just to get that, get that right. Oh, my goodness. I've called her Susan Jameson twice, haven't I? You have. Uh, 
thought, I thought I misheard it the first time. No, Louise. Oh, no, no I'm, oh, yeah, I was confusing her with Sue Johnston, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. Louise Jameson. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, who plays Mary. That's right, yes. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's who's the niece of Doctor Rant? Rant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, he, he, Doctor Rant's on his deathbed, and the housekeeper's all, oh, "You better watch out for him." And, and Doctor Rant says that um, he's leaving the whole estate to her cousin John, um, who yeah. he, she's just seen leaving, looking pleased with himself. But then, then he also says, "But actually, I don't. I don't I'm not very fond of John." Uh, and, and then he sort of, we start to hear that he's setting her some kind of challenge. But, yeah. but, but, but then we go, what, 10 years later? How many, 20 years later? Something like that. Don't we? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Um, and, and it takes us to the, the, the library at Cambridge. Yes. And Cousin John appears looking for a book, doesn't he? Um, and he gives the reference to the book to young Mr. Garrett. Yep. Who's um, Sasha Dowan. Yep. I didn't say that right, did I? You did say that right, yeah. Cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, Garrett uh, goes, but the, the book's out. And the book's the tractate mid-off. <laughs> uh, but the, the book's out, and he, and he comes back and he says to Miss... Um, to Eldred, isn't it, Mr. Eldred? John, John Eldred, yeah. Sorry, uh, there's an old gentleman. Um, he, he's got it. Could you come back tomorrow? Uh, and, and, and he does. He, he, he does yeah. go away. And, and he, he comes back the next day. And Garrett goes back to get the book. And he sees the old gentleman. And the old gentleman turns around. And it's like a, a decaying corpse, essentially. Yeah. And, with and spiders, he was with spiders, and and Garrett faints, and and, yep. and so Eldred goes away again without his book. Yeah, um, and and you've got Roy Barraclough is there as well as like I don't know some attendant or or other. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, sniffer. he's slightly. Is his character slightly different in the story? It's not quite the same, but he's he's essentially the the the, the comedy, the sort of M.R. James comedy uh, character. Well, he is, and I think that that in, is in the, in the, from the story. However, um, yeah. Gatiss gives us another comedy character, doesn't he? Um, Nicholas Burns playing Garrett's friend. Yes, uh, George Earl. Yeah, um, who calls he, everyone chum and has a pipe. <laughs> he is in the story, though, isn't he, I think? The I, original I, I, story, but, but it, it, it's a somewhat... I mean, he, he, he's, he's sort of there really to just say that uh, Garrett's been taken ill and gone home and, and, and just, yeah, he's not really... In the story, he's not really fleshed out as a character. No, but in, in the uh, adaption, he's... A bit too close to Miles Chumley Warner, for, for, uh, the Harry Enfield character, for for, for yeah. my liking. Um, so, so, and I, and I, think, I think here you're seeing Gatiss's comedy roots, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and to be fair, um, 
Emma James's writing is quite funny. <laughs> there are well, funny yeah. bits in the stories. That is true. So it's he, not. He, yeah, he has a way of um, writing. Uh, how should we say, sort of common people in in in, in a certain way, uh, and working class people. This this uh, is this is true, but it's not all kind of like. Um, punching down i think he he's he's, no. he's got quite a he's got quite a dry wit i think um i think gatis has recognized that in interviews and discussions with my james previously and i think it's absolutely true so i don't think it's necessarily wrong to put funny bits in an mr james adaption but yeah. you can have too much of it and i think you know with both sniffer and um earl it's too much comedy just for me just a tiny <laughs> little bit too much not not there's anything wrong uh with, with with the performances or anything it's just you know i think the balance is slightly wrong but yeah and anyway um especially because uh the next scene essentially garrett gets sent away to um on holiday to recover after his shock and yeah he finds himself on a train with una stubbs doing another comedy character yeah <laughs> so she's like super talkative and and uh, her husband says nothing i think and that's and yeah, that no. is not in the story at all no because um you get then a mock shock when um when they get to the the, the final destination the station and and then garrett sees what he thinks from the back looks like the ghost again but it's actually just a normal clergyman as he turns around yeah but but then then and he's also getting very upset with uh una stubbs for not finding a ticket and then he faints and then uh susan susan <laughs> susan you know yes. you know susan louise yeah. louise jameson slash mary i don't know <laughs> i don't know why i call her susan <laughs> um, you, you know that you've now made it so i can't edit out the, the earlier bit now so don't don't I, I think it's good i i, like to say, <laughs> I think it's good <laughs> susan slash louise slash mary and her daughter no, just 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 louise well yeah there's <laughs> yeah. no susan there <laughs> um and then they they pick up garrett and they go back to their house and they explain essentially that um they've been disinherited and then they have to take in lodgers and um and it's all because of uh cousin john and 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 garrett works out that this is all related to the to the book that yeah um, has been after but well, she she has a, a number doesn't she as a clue did you mention that then that, no i didn't but but she does however oh, yeah. right so, so, but, but we've got here to an extraordinary coincidence, haven't we? We have, because, yeah. Because uh, he's just booked a holiday at, with the people who are also um, intimately involved in the whole tractate mid thing, having just the ghost having gone on. Yeah. Right? And, and, and this whole thing hinges on that co coincidence. But in yeah. the original story, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> Actually, the, the ghost of Dr. Rant uh, brings Garrett together with um, Mary and the daughter um, by, by appearing to him on the train and he, like, yeah. 
right? And I think that's really significant, not just because it means it's not a coincidence, right? He hasn't, he, in, in the original story, he hasn't got anywhere to go. He's just heading to no, the exactly. place and he's going to find somewhere. And then, then he talks to these two because essentially that's where he's ended up because of the ghost sighting. And then they go, oh, we've got a room, brilliant, I'll stay there, right? Yeah. But, and that isn't a coincidence, <laughs> that's the ghost <laughs> doing that clearly <laughs> right and, and this takes me back to my opening point and i want to see what you think about this i've been dying to tell you this for weeks right okay um, go on right right dr rance um whole plan is not like an evil game to um the, the, that's purposeless apart from to vexate his his niece and his nephew right his whole game is to disinherit john and ensure that Mary inherits. Because if you look at the ghost, I think it's actually a good ghost because John is, we think John is bad. John, yeah. John is chasing uh, the, the, the will which is in the tractate mid-off, which is the, what um, Garrett then finds out, right? But, then, but the, ghost of, um, the ghost of Rand is actually helping Mary to get the will by by. But by the whole, th- I mean, he keeps the haunting of Garrett, keeps the will out of Eldred's hands, and, and then he gets Garrett in contact with Mary, and then Garrett, the, the, basically the only one who can solve the, the riddle of yeah. where the will is. Therefore, it's not purposeless and, 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 and just because he's evil and twisted, like Eleanor Bronn says. He, he, he's um, actually, you know, he's actually preferring Mary. So you say, well, okay. Why, why doesn't he just leave everything to, to Mary in the first place? But may, maybe, you know, um, <laughs> the, the, then that could be challenged. Have I, have I, yeah. so, 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 so I, I think he's maybe giving John the opportunity to demonstrate that um, Rant's low opinion of him is um, correct and then punishing him. But, but I understood that there were two wills and that, John yes. had one will where he got everything. Yes, true. And and actually, using your theory, that means that uh, that that actually, with with Mary, then getting hold of her bit of the will. So he he's he's basically it's a way of tormenting John, in that John is basically uh, has has got all the money or whatever, but is having to spend his entire life trying to find this book to prevent Mary getting the money. Well, that's um, right. Yeah. But so, he doesn't so have to do that. It's only his... No, he doesn't, but he's doing character. it because he's greedy. Right. And, okay. and, then, and then Rant, by, by using your theory, helping out uh, Mary to get the... Because John, John Eldred thinks that she's got no chance, really, of, of ever inheriting everything, apart from this very slim chance that he's trying to sort of stop. So he thinks he's 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 onto a good thing, and then of course she then finds it and inherits everything, thereby making him uh, just realise that he's lost everything. And uh, and then obviously what happens to him later happens to him. So, um, so, so it's a sort of double double torment, if you like. I I, no, I, th- I think so. so, so I, I sort I, of think yeah, that sort of fits. And and the I mean he does say I'm not very fond of John and he really doesn't like John I think that's absolutely no. true but I don't think I don't I don't think 
he's actually um, doing anything. I mean, obviously, what he does is he causes Mary to be poor for a number of years, but 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 he does ultimately look after her, like reward her. I guess to be fair. I guess to be fair, he 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 wouldn't have known because she is poor because her husband dies, basically, and and he wouldn't have known that because that happens in the time between. Well, his death, doesn't it? And, 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 this, is true. and this. This, this is true. Um, so that's actually, quite, that's actually quite an interesting theory because then it also makes sense of why the ghost is just hanging around the library because that's something that doesn't really make much sense. Well, it's... Why, why is it kind of hanging around the book? I suppose it, maybe it's trying to put John off trying to get to the book. Because, he's, stop, he's stopping John from getting the book, yeah. Yeah, because John clearly doesn't like the idea of going into the library when the... Uh, well, especially because he recognises the, dis- the description of his uncle, doesn't he? <laughs> um, yeah. So, 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 so I think that's a- absolutely right. And, and then you get to the conclusion, which is that Garrett realises, but go, goes back to the library, but the book's been posted off to Eldred. And so he goes after the... Um, the post train essentially and he ma- yeah. and he and he watches as as Eldred receives the parcel and then um walks home but can't wait till he gets home so he sits on a, a stile or something opens it finds the will starts to rip it out of the book yeah. and, and then is attacked and killed by the ghost of his uncle yeah. now um this sequence is kind of the big um horror scary sequence but i don't find it very effective i don't i don't well, think i don't think it's particularly scary and i actually in the story the description of um, john is he's kind of enveloped in blackness <laughs> which is actually yeah. quite effective but isn't what happens in the the film i think that he, it's more of like a few shots cut together you see the skull again and he, yeah. he screams and then he's like dead <laughs> uh, and there's a there's a there's a quite a cool thing with ink drip, with like black ink yeah onto the page but which, it, which is in the story yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely but it's not um i don't I, find it very creepy that's that's the but, thing this, this you know what I, I i i kind of agree but i think that's true of the the actual story as well i didn't find that bit oh. particularly creepy i think the earlier appearances of the ghost are creepier but but i think this is takes us back as well to to it the, the ghost being you know benign so so, so it's not going to be as frightening but I, th- I think but i think there's two things so I'll, this was uh, gatus's directorial debut and again in the, the bfi interview he says that he didn't really know what he was trying to do with that sequence and he yeah. together in post-production essentially so yeah. created that that scene in the editing room and, and i think you can tell i just i just don't think it matches up to the great kind of uh, endings of the lawrence gordon clark um classic ghost stories i just don't think it packs that punch with, yeah and, and there's kind of like a postscript where Garrett's now engaged to Mary's daughter and they like take possession of the house. And then um, there's kind of a hint that the ghost of Dr. Rant is following them. Now, now that isn't in the no. story. The story just says, oh, they get married. The story's <laughs> just got a nice, nice ending to it. 
Yeah, and, and, and Gates has said again in that interview I'm quoting that he didn't yeah. want to have a happy ending. But <laughs> again, I think he, I think he's working against what the story is. I think this is this is my problem with this is that um, he hasn't quite interpreted it as I, I, I don't know what the way I think it done. And I, but I think he's working against the story a little bit, and that ending which he changed doesn't have any effect because it's. Cause no, it, 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 it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I really it, hated the ending of that actually because I, I, I didn't. Yeah, it didn't really. Um, it's yeah, just it sort of undermined it a little bit. It didn't really kind of work or make any sense. Yeah, I think I think narratively that's the case. Now, and I, I'm not saying that the Lawrence Gordon Clark seventies ones were perfect because he actually he um, he said in the ash tree that he regretted changing it to try and make the witch in the ash tree more sympathetic. Yeah. And he said, yeah, actually she's just evil. I should have just had her as evil like Emma James does. And I think that that's it. You're so tempting to, to change elements, but then, you know, all of those elements are assembled for very precise reasons and it is very difficult to change it and to keep the, (laughs) keep the effects together because, um, and I think what people don't always appreciate i know i know gators does appreciate that but people don't always appreciate that these mi james stories a lot of them are constructed as like uh, supernatural mysteries there's quite an intricate um plot and and the backstory that's um revealed over the course of the story and that this is obviously about the, okay what's in the book what's happened you know and and the order switches kind of switch the the points where things are revealed as well which is um and it doesn't <laughs> it's not great when you're talking about a mystery when you're trying to reveal the elements in a kind of precise way yeah. however right so 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 i i really like the whole cast and i really do like the production and i'm saying this for me is a seven out of ten because i really enjoy it i've watched it like three times enjoy it every time yeah i, I, I just don't think it's really that effective as like a creepy story. So, so yeah, I'd, I'd kind of agree. And I think for me though, I don't think the, the actual original MR James story is that creepy is it's creepy earlier on. I think this does a similar sort of thing. Um, I actually, actually, actually really quite enjoyed this despite everything. And I think, I think, I think generally it's one of those things that I think works quite well as a little half hour, um, you know, I think it's a one-off half hour little drama. I think it, I think it, I think it works quite well and it's enjoyable and it's, it's a, it's a good way of passing the time. It has a creepier sequence earlier on, which I quite like. Uh, All the cast are good, despite what we said about Nicholas Burns. I really loved his character. Um, I, I didn't say it was bad. I just, I just no, <laughs> I think no, it's but he's incongruous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, then, but then again, a lot of the, the 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 other two the two characters in the library are both sort of quite caricaturish and and, and a little bit daft. So it, it sort of didn't seem that out of place. And I yeah, I just I just really enjoyed it. Would you, um, would, you, would you go higher than seven out of ten? 
No, I think it's probably I think it's probably a seven. I mean, it looks gorgeous and and like the locations are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it's uh, is it Cheatham Library in Manchester, the library there, which um, well, I hadn't looked that up. So that's that, yeah, which is which is which is really nice. And oh, I, uh, I do remember hanging around libraries in Manchester because that's a bit sad when I was at university. <laughs> there. So, so, I don't so, think I ever went to that one though. So um, one one thing that I th I really noticed actually that I, I think was uh, symbolic maybe you notice it because you know he's a first time director is, is there are a lot of shots of people walking into that library I, th I think Gate, yes. I think Gate, Gates has liked the look of the facade but but it didn't need that many shots <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think the outside. I don't. The outside is not the library. I don't think. Oh, so so wherever he found for the, the outside, outside is, is, is well, somewhere he else. He didn't need all of that. You see, you just you just take like, like send the second unit if there is one. Just get that, and then then you don't need to show every different actor walking into the building. <laughs> so no, you don't. You don't need that. But I think um, I'm I'm not. By the way, saying it was badly I directed. I think no. the, the, the direction was was obviously focused more on on the uh, char the characters which is what you yeah. expect really I, I i loved the dust that was that was a ridiculous little thing that i liked about it um yes now that that worked quite well the dust i did like the spiders i didn't not not because i'm arachnophobic but because um <laughs> It looked a bit like um, nature photography put well, yeah. well, spiced uh, in, I, and I, I don't find that creepy. I mean, you, you're just going after that yeah. because some people are scared of spiders. But, um, yeah. I, I, but I, that the, the spider reference, I think, is is in the yeah, my James. So I, it, it, is, it, yeah. it is fair enough. I just, but I think yeah. I, I agree with the dust. Very good visual. Um, kind of key and I, I think that, that 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 really did work but yeah the spiders you know, I'd have stuck with cobwebs <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I guess so um, but I guess it's a, a nod to the fact that I think spiders make quite an appearance in M.R. James's stories and I, I imagine he, he perhaps was not a big fan well if I, I believe he wasn't I, I think that's right I think he yeah. he did suffer from arachnophobia and um the ash tree is absolutely horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think I did, yeah, I just think here didn't need it. Um, right. I'd like, uh, although time is not pressing, we've got as much time as we want, but I think it's maybe time to move. Oh no, it isn't. I was going to move on no. to the next story, but I actually wanted to say uh, on a segue <laughs> because yeah. um, Gatiss made a documentary ghostwriter kind of about yes. the life of mr james didn't he um which was broadcast uh, i think immediately after this it was you, yeah. you mentioned you're a big fan of his documentaries and uh, yeah so how do you feel about this one i was uh, the documentary i think it's really good and i think it i think it is helped by um robert lloyd parry ah uh, yeah being in it as mr james yes i quite like that that whole I mean, he's he's very very good anyway, and he, he does everything really well. And I quite like that splicing of fact into that into that sort of recreation type thing. Off the chit chat, um, yeah, yeah. I know, I absolutely really really love it. And and I think actually that, that Gatiss is, I think 
I think he's really good when he's doing these sort of documentaries about things he's genuinely interested in. I mean, he did a similar one, which was a Dracula one. Um, I haven't watched which I, quite, which I quite enjoyed, yeah, In Search of Dracula. Um, it, it, that obviously came out around the time of the Dracula. I, I, um, I saw it. I, I saw it. It came up as a suggested thing when I rewatched Ghostwriter. Yeah, and that, I and must that's, watch that. <laughs> that. That's a similar thing. Um, and and def, as I said before, he he did um, the three part uh, a history of horror, which yeah is, is really yeah. good. Yeah, and, and that enthusiasm for the subject comes out in it really does in all yeah. of these. So, so I, th I think because it's really nice, like telling the the Emma James story in an hour, but you've got a couple of um, as well as his presentation skills, you you, you kind of learn how. Um, Gatiss got into James, which was yeah. via the BBC adaptions. He talked about stalls of Barchester. And things yeah. Like and, and he does um, in, in that in briefly interview Lawrence Gordon-Clark and also Jonathan Miller. And you think, yeah. well, this is because you're an A-lister. This is just, you get, you get, you get. Because, <laughs> all right. Because yeah. I think Jonathan, I, I don't think Jonathan Miller <laughs> would, would, would talk to just anybody. So that was, that, no. No, that was interesting, and they have a lot of mild disagreement about about what happens to Professor Parkin. From, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that, and I love the fact that you learn. I mean, I did anyway. Learned a lot more about uh, Mr. James's life in general. Um, yeah, there are other documentaries. A bit but more about, this is the best one I've seen. Yeah, there's the, you know, it's not entirely focused on the ghost stories. It's uh, some no. of the other bits as well. well his academic career and, and yeah. his personal life which is yeah which was interesting um by the way there's a really terrible mr james documentary on amazon prime which was um, right. being made by, by essentially um modern day spiritualists and the whole oh, like feature God. length idea is that they want to prove that he believed in ghosts and he was writing down his actual experiences, but then pretending he wasn't. So, so don't be fooled into thinking that that's a proper documentary about Emma <laughs> well, James. What's well, Ghostwriter instead? <laughs> there's this kind of notion, isn't there, that um, uh, apparently he saw something fairly horrific as, as a child. That, there's and I think a story. In the, in the, yeah, and I think in the... Yeah, and about, but I think in that, that BFI Q&A, I think... Gatiss kind of insinuates that perhaps he saw um, something that he shouldn't have seen. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. And it's kind of emotionally scarred him. And <laughs> that's been translated into, into a sort of a ghost type thing. But, but um, more likely some kind of impropriety. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I saw that. But and just just before we do move on, a word on Robert Lloyd Parry. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm getting people's names wrong today. So I'm just going <laughs> to try to make sure I'm absolutely right. Um, because uh, he's I mean he's on YouTube. He, he does yeah. beautiful readings of um, the the James stories and many other stories as well. And actually, in the documentary, he's pretending to read. But he, he but he knows the stories off by heart. So, yeah. so when when he does when he does it in because he does one man shows and things and also at, at the moment with COVID he he does um, Zoom shows and I and I did did one of his uh, Zoom shows and and he he just he he performs it as if just just talking as James. He doesn't 
not yeah. reading and, and 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 he just does it absolutely brilliantly and I, I i commend his work and there is a there is, there is one of them he's just put on um amazon prime the residence at whitminster right um, so, so there isn't this year 2020 there isn't a um a ghost story for christmas but i recommend what watch robert lloyd parry perform the residents of Whitminster on Christmas yeah. Eve, because my yeah, goodness, really good. that is a creepy story, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, um, let's 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 move on. Yep. So next so, up, oh. yeah. So we we jump to what twenty eighteen? Yes, uh, and the, the the next ghost story for Christmas of Gatis, and the next in the sequence which was uh, an original yep. the dead room yes um so again written and directed by gatis and this one's starring simon callow yeah playing a character called susan yep <laughs> you mean it's susan callow <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> no and then, there, and then there was uh, susan mahindra <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and Louise Penhaligon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But um, I suppose if you wanted to be absolutely, you, you know, fastidious, you would say his character is actually called Aubrey Judd. Yes. <laughs> um, he, he, and he's a radio um, actor. He's kind of the man in black, isn't he? So. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so there's a. There's, there's a sort of interesting origin to this in that uh, Mark Gatiss was the uh, man in black on Radio 4 um, for the sort of last series of that. And I can't remember the exact dates when that was on. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, the man in black was a very, very, very long running um, uh, horror radio anthology uh, programme where all of the the stories were introduced by the the so-called man in black um and this this particular um the dead room is obviously meant to be a similar type of thing and this whole story references the history of the man in black quite quite a lot but but obviously in a fictional way um if that makes sense um, it makes perfect sense to me, but they're not. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good. <laughs> um, so, so we we can we can sort of get on onto that really. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, Anjali Mahindra is Tara, his radio producer. Yeah. Susan Penhaligon, and that's why I keep saying Susan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she 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 plays uh, Joan, who is kind of. Uh, like a production assistant that hates him yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, there's there's one other character who's paul who's ghost um play, yeah. play, played by someone called joshua oaks rogers who doesn't have a wikipedia page no but i thought you were good joshua anyway it's all about wikipedia um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so and, and this starts off um in a kind of very meta kind of way like almost like screen yes where, where um, Simon, Simon Callow explains or yeah, um, 
mansplains the rules of ghost story. Well, the background background of it is um, is that yes, this is part of this this radio program. Um, it's been going for for years. Um, they've gone back to uh, Maida Vale Studios, interestingly enough, and and it's actually recorded in Maida Vale Studios. So that's a nice money saving uh, tip there. Um, uh, and 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 the general gist is is that yes, is that this is an actor that generally gets the odd bit part on TV, but is is best known for this and has been doing it for far too long and. They've clearly got in this this new young eager producer who's who's just starting off in her career and and, and she's been sort of uh, sort of dumped on dumped on this this program if you like um, and, and the impression I get is that it's a, it's a program at, at, at the end of its kind of um, peak of popularity. Well, the story yeah. that Judd's reading is terrible, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> yes, it's a it's a it's a what's it called it's like it called i can't remember what it's called now but it's it's a uh it's a a, a video game uh sort of horror, horror based story yeah <laughs> and it sounds pretty terrible um it, it does sound like the sort of thing that somebody of uh mark gates's age would write about a video game rather than the actual author author who's only meant to be in his early 20s um, <laughs> I, think, I think that is fair i think that is a fair comment one of my bugbears uh, obviously i'm kind of getting that that to that sort of stage now as well but there's always one of my bugbears um about how how video games and gaming's written about in, in various things by people that don't understand it one of the sorry going off at tangent here but one of my most frustrated things I really hate is 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 bad gaming acting on TV. So when you've got a television show where um, the characters are playing video games on, on a console and they've got controllers in their hands, um, it's the acting they do with the controllers. Um, and and you can tell when people don't play games when they act really badly with them. And a really good example of that is in an episode of Coupling where they're playing, I think, a PlayStation or something, and and, and um, the two characters are literally kind of veering around all over the place and wobbling their controllers <laughs> around and everything. And yeah. it's just like, no, nobody does that. And I've seen it in so many other things as well, and it just really irritates me. Yeah, he ran over. You see there, this is the sad state of method acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They should be living their characters and they should be playing PlayStations for months before they're even exactly. walking in the scene. It's, yeah. it's actually people, when they play games on a, on a console with controllers, tend to be very, very still. I, I, they don't I tend to veer all over the place. I have played games. I think you're, you're right. I understand where you're coming from. However... But obviously that doesn't, perhaps somebody might think that doesn't look very dramatic or exciting. So I'm going to be honest, Paul, it's a very small part of the dead room. <laughs> it's really, it is, it, but, really. Can, but that, 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 that story is so bad that, that if they filmed that story, that they would have somebody doing that. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, but moving on. Yes. <laughs> so, so, 
but this being a, a, a ghost story, you kind of, it kind of reveals that this was the old studio that they used to do this in the old days when yeah. um, when Valentine Dial only not Valentine Dial but someone who's yeah. obviously meant to be Valentine Dial was doing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, well, no, no. This, so this was in the the seventies when I think he was he doing it then. Was Aubrey Judd doing it then, or yeah? So Aubrey Judd, so he had just taken over, hadn't he? Yeah, from, from exactly. Valentine Dial. Exactly. Character. So, so, and he'd just taken over, uh, and he was doing it in this, the Maid of Vale studio. Yeah, and then um, um, he, he had a, tra- a tragedy, didn't he? Which was reminded by um, the the song on the producer's uh, ringtone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, 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 and his um, basically his secret boyfriend had drowned. Yes. Um, and or that had he? That had been well. <laughs> that had been their song. Um, so <laughs> yeah, but then then he'd um, then then the show would move to another studio, and this was the f- first episode essentially for a very long time filmed, uh, filmed yeah. recorded at this studio because I think that yeah. Uh, uh, and that you know so it's all coming back to him about um about paul and and, and everything and then um you, then you start to get as per the rules of the ghost story he's just explained you start yeah. to get a build-up of of, of of things don't you um like yeah. him reading the wrong stuff on yeah. the story so it goes to the story of how Paul drowned instead of this t- terrible gaming story, and and then he yeah. gets feedback and weird stuff over the, the the mic, doesn't he? And then he does, yeah. Um, then kind of fi- finally he he ends up uh, alone in the studio, and 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 he's talking to Paul, and then and then right at the end, it, it, it's revealed that in fact it wasn't it wasn't an accident, um, that Paul was threatening to expose him. Uh, yeah. uh, and goes to the papers and ruin his career, and 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 then um, uh, Aubrey then refused to save him when he got into trouble yes. swimming, and, yeah. and 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 yeah, basically it was all fixed. But he knew he could have saved it, and and because we don't see um, that, it never cuts to, to that. No. It's very hard to do that. Um, there's so there's, all, there's so, sort of audio of that, isn't there? Yeah, a, a, a little bit, and he kind of interacts with the ghost, yeah. doesn't he? But but um, I, I, he gets very confessional very quickly in order to explain what's going on, doesn't he? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and and then uh, uh, the studio goes completely dark, and then the ghost um, basically goes for him at the end. Like yeah. the ghost had just looked like Paul looked like in 1976, but then this time he looks like a royal. Yeah corpse corpse yeah yeah um and actually at the end when when that ghost does that i think it is creepy i think it's much more and more effectively um directed and edited so you get genuine chills so you've got to the point where where where, okay this this is quite creepy so i don't i don't think um that this suffers in that regard but i i think it, it suffers for a couple of 
other reasons and i i think basically i don't like the meta stuff i don't like scream and i don't like it when people try and do things like that <laughs> and um you know also i think the um the mechanics of it are clunky which is why he basically has to say <laughs> what's going on he has to just speak well, it out loud for seemingly no reason in order for people in order well, for I, it to I, <laughs> One, well, I wonder about that. A lot of things about that. Um, is that obviously it's been a long time since the last one. I think this is now done. This was on BBC Four, wasn't it? Exactly. And, you know, and, so it's, it's, it. and, it, and it's done, I think, by the BBC Arts or something. So, as well. So, it, I imagine the budget is a lot less. Hence the setting it in Made of Ale Studios, which is already owned by the BBC, so that's nice and easy because they can film in there. Um, and and I think the cast was drastically reduced as well, which I think goes in its its favour. But also, yeah, you have this this issue where where Aubrey's uh, having to do a lot of ex exposition as <laughs> yeah. as kind of confessional. But I don't I don't mind that. I, I that doesn't bother me so much. So so I'm going to be uh, cards on the table again. For me, this is another seven out of ten. So I like okay, it. Right. I do. I like it. I do like it. It's just well, those things um, stop it for me for being uh, like like um, better better than that. So it, it's okay. good to be excellent. I think it needed more elegant solutions to I, those I, problems. I, <laughs> I would say that the first time I watched this, I thought I, I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't so sure about it. Um, and I thought it was effective at the end, but yeah, I was a bit kind of not not too sure about it. I, I this is the first time I've rewatched it since it was originally broadcast. Same for me. I watched it twice. Same and, and I was struck by it, how much more funny it was this time around. Not not unintentionally funny, but deliberately funny and witty. And and maybe it's some of that sort of meta stuff. And I love the fact that he tells us the rules of the ghost story. Um, you see, whilst also talking about the, the idea that you know you should never involve sex, and then obviously the whole thing uh, hinges around that, and, and I thought that was quite funny. Um, and and generally, I I liked it a lot more this time around. Um, uh, so, so, yeah. so I, I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy it, but like I say, the the, the that the kind of messy stuff doesn't do it. For, for, for me, I, I don't like that kind of knowing thing. I think maybe Scream yeah. kind of ruined the idea. Um, but but, but it's, it's interesting because I think this one is really just universally, seems to be universally hated. Yeah. Um, well, well, by, so, by most people. Um, and, and I've read lots of things about it with them saying that, yeah, they didn't really see the point in Susan Penhannigan's character, and I'd probably agree with that. It's like she doesn't really oh. need to be there, apart from the fact that she's somebody that was involved at the time everything happened with him. And, and right, I'd love to deal yeah. with that. I'd love to deal with that right now, right? Okay. So, so I think it's really weird. Susan Penhannigan, who's a name actress, um, yeah, has almost um. Well, she doesn't really even speak. No, does she? But one of the most effective things in this is when um, she's absolutely 
been given Aubrey the silent treatment the whole time, and then he comes up and he sees that she's laughing away with um, yeah <laughs> the producer <laughs> Tara. I just think I just think that's really like effective, and then it is revealed that um, she was there. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I she- I think she knows she's always known. That, yeah. That, that he did it right but but again i just and i'm sure absolutely sure that's why she hates him so much but yeah. <laughs> i just think it was very, it was very hard um to, to to engineer that as a reveal in in, in, in yeah story I mean, so so I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was in the script and got dropped because it was just <laughs> you know yeah it's too i mean it, I, th- I, I think i think it's there and i think it explains you know she she was there at the time and i think it's kind of implied that she she knows um uh, and, and again i don't know that he treats her all that well uh, and i get that sure. sort of feeling and it's um and and i think that it's uh it's there as a sort of device that perhaps is another it's another tie isn't it to that period and it's another thing that that is there that 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 could be pushing him over over the edge a little bit you know of the memories and everything that's coming out so so i think i think in hindsight i think watching it again it seemed pretty pointless but actually it's 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 quite clever um and i think some of the criticism I've seen is, is that yeah that that whole character was pointless and that actually it should have been her uh, feeding sounds and various things into him to drive him mad and mm. and, and make, no, that's, make him do that no, and I just I, I hate that that's a terrible idea but that that's that criticism seems to have spread that a few times now people who criticise this saying yeah it should have been her and it should have been something she was doing no and and I think that's not the, the whole point I think of the the um, ghost story uh, type type thing is that that if you for it to be good, the ghost has to be kind of genuine. Definitely, it has, it has to be a real thing. It's, it can't it can't just be um, some some aggrieved yeah. Uh, and and, and, that, that, and, that, yeah. and that works because I think one of the again another quick tangent one of the greatest um, horror sequels of all time. Um, is 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 Psycho Two, which does just that. Um, for anyone that doesn't know and uh, has you know, isn't aware of it, and, and obviously big spoiler, the gist of it is is that um, Norman Bates is released from a psychiatric hospital, having been uh, sort of made better, if you like, and and, and becomes a normal human being. And the relatives of one of his original victims basically hound him to the point that they they do things to him to to make him think he's losing it and going going mad again. And and it and it's really effective. It's a really nice kind of uh, turning upside down of the the sort of original idea. And I think a lot of people seem to think that this should have been like that. No, and I, I mean, absolutely I just... think it shouldn't. It's not. That's not what the point of it is. So I think it's really um, important to put this in context. And the context is, right, in the 70s, there were two original ghost stories for Christmas, and they both super suck. 
I mean, <laughs> I yeah. really do. That it was a it was a terrible wrong turn that killed off the series. Right? Well, uh, it references that, doesn't it? This this, I think <laughs> Aubrey mentioned something along those lines with about to do with um, yeah you know, the, the 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 distance you have to have and this kind of thing with them and, and yeah yeah. See um, again, and I, and I I kind of like that. I think there's lots to find in this if you're kind of a a bit of a fan of these things yeah <laughs> it, but it's, it's 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 very arch though isn't it, it, it yeah it yeah. kind of relies on you not going well this is the third of the terrible contemporary ones and i don't but <laughs> i i don't i i don't think like i say seven out of ten for me i, I think it's clearly better than those two i i have seen those two and um this is clearly much better so this is the best of all the um contemporary ghost stories for christmas it's the only one that's um really successful as a ghost story because those those other two aren't even really ghost stories even though they're called christmas i I haven't seen them so (laughs) don't bother really okay (laughs) say it to to, to everyone i mean they're for completists only they super super suck but 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 in that context you know um people who know that are going to go into another one thinking, well, they've made this mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's it's not quite true. Like like I say, I, I I don't think this is wholly successful, but I do I do think it's good. And, and I think possibly one of the reasons it isn't even better for me is the low BBC Four budget. Like you know, I mean that doesn't that doesn't change the meta stuff. But um, no. I mean, I I think this would. I don't know. I think this would almost work completely as a radio play because there's so yeah. much talking, exposition, talking. I think it's just like <laughs> I wonder if you. Oh, I wonder if I just shut my, my ah, eyes. Now, there's an interesting thing about this. Um, the uh, origin of this is when Mark Gatiss was doing the uh, Men, a Man in Black radio series. They actually asked him if he would write one of them, or if he'd consider writing one of them. And what he wanted to write was a ver- almost a version of this, where um, him as the man in black is kind of recording this 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 radio series, and he's haunted by some oh, sort of ghost. Yeah. There so we go. That's, that's the germ of it. You see, it comes from radio. Um, yeah, but, but it does. But you've, that's immediately made it ten times better. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So so that's, that's that's great. So that was that was where it originally came from, and, and obviously that never came about. But he obviously had this in in mind. Um, so uh, I, and and yeah, and it's. Uh, I think he should have. Uh, I, th- I think he should have followed through and and maybe just had it. So instead of changing the names. just, just just had it so it was the man in black <laughs> because because then the then then the meta stuff becomes a bit more um like being john malkovich kind, kind of um i always like it when they use i always think it, it, it's trying a bit harder when 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 you use real names and situations and he has done that because obviously he, he, the league of gentlemen has gone for full full on like that as well um, yeah so so <laughs> um so, yeah, so, yeah. I, I didn't know it was. I didn't know. I suspected, just. <laughs> but I didn't know that what the, that story. Yeah, it just makes so much sense that you say that, and it. Yeah. Um, so, so that that I I kind of like that about it, and and I, I'm obviously quite, I'm quite a fan of the whole kind of 
horror on, on, on the radio type of thing. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and obviously the, the Man in Black has quite a, a, a long sort of history. Um, yeah, absolutely. I forgot to say, Edward de Souza was the, was the second Man in Black, I think. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, so, I know him. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's fantastic. Um, yeah, he's he's in he's in lots of films. I'm sure he's, I'm sure Kiss he's of the Vampire. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he's in uh, uh, Sapphire and Steel and millions. Sapphire and Steel. Yeah. So he was. The, I think he was the second man in black in that series, so which would make um, Simon Callow's character the uh, him basically. Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think the description is more of a kind of veiled description yeah. of Valentine. Yeah, exactly. He talks about the voice, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, no, no, that's what I mean, though. Is that, that's definitely Valentine Dial. Who, who, oh, okay, so, so, you, originally. so you're saying that Simon Callow is playing yeah. a kind of Edward D'Souza. Which, yeah. It could have, because Edward, it could have even, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Gatiss has a bit of a, I don't know, I, I'm not sure exactly how close he is with Simon Callow, but obviously Simon Callow played Charles Dickens in Jesus's yeah. first Doctor Who, didn't he? The Unquiet Dead. So, so they yeah. go back at least that far. Um, so, so maybe he, he wanted to use him. And I, you know, I like Simon Callow. And also, um, these ghost stories for Christmas are, are really renowned for having these really strong central performances, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Robert Hardy and Peter Vaughan and Denham Elliott. Yeah. And, and you don't really get that in Tractate Midoth, but then you do hear completely that the Simon Callow performance is in that. Is, is it, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was uh, um, as great as those performances, but it's that kind of performance. And he is, yeah. he is that, that calibre. It's just not quite the same kind of thing. So, um, so, so you, obviously going back to Tractate Midoff, that looks more expensive. And, and I remember in the Q&A, they, they, he spoke about how he was given fairly free reign. I sort of wonder if a bit more experience and also um, the fact that this clearly seems to have a much, much lower budget and, and therefore there are more constraints. I'm always quite like this idea that if you constrain somebody in in these situations that they quite often end up being more creative and i think that this is an example of that that actually this is better for not having a larger cast and being constrained and smaller so um i mean i i agree with you apart from i mark them both the same so i can't i can't really say it's better than jack take me off but i i I think um it's got the problems that I mentioned, which are different problems that Tractate had, but but in certain other areas, I think you're absolutely right. He's developed, um, he, so so I think, and I think that's kind kind of natural. It's he's, yeah. he's had a first go, and now he's refined his technique a bit, and had a second go, and tried to do something different again. But but you know, <laughs> he's run into other problems. What did, um, which is what what you get sometimes, isn't it? If, yeah, yeah. A difficult second album. Well, uh, I, I but know. this isn't this isn't like a, a, a flop. But I, I think no. I think well, I imagine he's had a bit more experience because obviously Sherlock would have popped up in this time. Was Sherlock between these two, or was it? Well, it certainly was running between up. these two. 
it was only running. I don't know if it actually, I think it went on for a bit longer. It might have already, he might have got tractate uh, because he was uh, um, hot because of Sherlock. I, <laughs> so, I, I suspect, no, I think he probably got that from. Uh, I, I can, I can look it up. Um, oh, I don't know. Let's, let's not worry about it. Um, just just a, a quick sort of um, recommendation while at it. If you, if you are sort of interested in the history of uh, British horror on the radio, uh, I would recommend if you can get hold of it because it's it's a very expensive book. Um, as, as an academic called Richard J. Hand, and he wrote a book called Listening Terror, which is the history of um, British horror on the on the radio, which is very good, but obviously it's it's an academic text. So if you try and buy a copy, it's hideously expensive. But if you can, get, if you know, if you're at a university or something and you can borrow it from your library, then I, I would recommend that. Sherlock started in 2010. Oh, okay, so yeah, right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I thought that was the case. Um, yeah. I, anyway, um, I want to I want to move on. Because I want to get okay. to the the final eight, eight eight out of ten, by the way, for that one. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Anyway, um, moving on. Good. You know. <laughs> right. Well, so the, the 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 final one came a year later, uh, yep. twenty nineteen. F- final today, the final one that we're going to be talking about, and it it was a return to Mr. James. So it was an adaptation of Martin's Close, and yep. this had an interesting cast not quite as yep. starry but um it did feature peter capaldi yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of obvious where he got that idea from and peter capaldi plays um the uh, attorney well uh, he's like the attorney general actually he's just called mr attorney yeah. in this but he is in fact the attorney general the uh, james story makes that clear um and it, and, and it's um like a, a trial uh, being run by judge jeffries yes and judge jeffries um is not played by uh, a big name uh, i think no. I think it's um elliot levy is that right oh, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. and but it's a, it's a fantastic performance um yeah, it's, 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 it's a very well written uh character in the short story i think james yeah. has fun doing judge jeffries but 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 i mean this is an actor whose work i'm not familiar with at all and and I, I, again <laughs> i've watched this twice and i love i love his performance as judge jeffries it, it, it's really like slightly menacing but really funny and, it's, and the balance here between um comedy and drama it's just exactly right just exactly, yeah exactly it <laughs> um, um well well the comedy doesn't come from uh like a, a daft comedy sort of musical performance it, it it comes from um well most of the comedy comes from from uh, judge jeffries uh, and he's got quite a uh uh sarcastic sort of wit which which works really well absolutely and like i said some of his best lines are written by my james but they're delivered brilliantly. Yeah. um so so we've, we've also got um simon williams not playing mr james obviously not playing mr james but fulfilling a kind of um 
narrator kind of role. So well, the, 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 in the short story, there's is the it's somebody different, isn't it? But it's like it's effectively M.R. James uh, going and 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 he's taking some sort of not census, what's doing something anyway, where he's, he's interviewing people. But he's he he plays that part, and obviously this is the this is yeah. uh, the the way of making it giving us our connection by making this narrator more contemporary. Yes, um, I, I think that's right. And, and yeah, in, in, the, in the story, um, the, the, I think the, the, the narrator or the character that leads us into it, finds Martin's Close and wants to hear the story of Martin's Close, which is just a small piece of land um, in, in the countryside, which, which yeah, which um, yeah. is, connected to university land that's that's how yeah. I mean. yeah that's that's a lot of kind of academic backstory that um <laughs> that, that, that i th- i think gatus is right to ditch so and instead but, but the, the the stuff that he needs to convey um you've got this port swimming um obviously <laughs> uh, obviously a different kind of academic to james as you yeah this is this is I, so I simon williams who's obviously um you know the Nigel Havers, if Nigel Havers isn't available, or <laughs> Nigel Havers or Simon Williams, Simon Williams isn't available. I'm not sure which, but they're, they're that kind of the charmer yeah. style, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? The the um, I th- I always I think when I watch this again, I got the impression that the Simon Williams character's sort of more of an amateur historian. I imagine that he kind yeah. of is is reasonably well off and lives in. And runs the the kind of uh, local uh, historical society. That that's the kind of I, I think, feeling I, think, I get from that character. I think you're right, and and, and I think you couldn't have um, an MR, a contemporary version of M.R. James because the world is so different. I mean, yeah. he was <laughs> he he was insulating himself from from it anyway. But now it's 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 so <clears throat> d- different. You wouldn't want. Um, Oh goodness! Like Doctor David Starkey to be the narrator, <laughs> would you? It would be no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, th- I think switching it to um, to, to your to your to your right, uh, an amateur historian. In, in some ways, though, I'm, I don't think James would have liked that. But <laughs> I think it's absolutely right <laughs> to bring it uh, to link it to yeah. the present day because. Um, it, it does so it's, so it's, but then then it goes way back in in history to um uh, this would be the early 18th century I, I think um yeah and another couple of members of the cast i really want to talk about um so you've got sarah crow who yeah. we remember from um comedy she's a, uh, i think a comedy actor but um, wasn't she? She, she advertised naked. Philadelphia. Was that? that yeah, was her, wasn't it? yeah, that yeah. was her. And she was. Was she in? Is it? I want to say naked video. Was she in that? Uh, hang on. When I get past the IMDb, ad, uh, <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell you. Uh, so, oh yeah, she's in Four Weddings and a Funeral and Carry On Cumbers. Oh yeah, she's in that. Yeah. Um, it's not really saying naked video. No, yeah, <laughs> so I was definitely in some something was, like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because she was that era of comedy, but yeah, she's not known for it. But well, maybe not. Maybe I'm just getting confused. Well, no, because you 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 remember because it's been a while since since that kind of comedy even happened. But um, yeah, I mean, if if you if anyone out there knows, obviously write in. I mean, I, I'm I'm reading. And if you right, if you are Sarah Crow, obviously we'd appreciate writing in and telling us your your right. Uh, so she she was she was in um, Hot Metal, which is great by the way, absolutely <laughs> okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, she was in Rory Bremner. She was in Home to Roost. She was in Haggard. Okay. I love Home to Roost. She was in KYTV. She was in Harry Enfield, and she was in the good the good guys. Um, Okay, loads, loads. The good loads guys with Nigel Hayes, indeed, uh, and then yeah. Last Smith and Jones, Carrie on Columbus. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. she's she's just was in a lot of. Uh, yeah, and and, and here she 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 plays like a a, a landlady essentially, doesn't she? Yeah, kind yeah. landlady. So so um, again, uh, perfectly judged. So so although although she comes from comedy, this is not a comedy performance at all. It's a, it's quite no. a touching performance, actually, because um, you, you, you you're talking about the the murder of um, uh, not precisely an adopted daughter, but well, actually no, but maybe in these day and age yeah. we, we, we we would say that. So so. Um, well, she's she's yeah, it's an employee of hers, isn't it? Who they've sort of taken in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, she's an orphan, isn't she? But they, they've taken yeah. her in, and she, she made Anne Clark. She, she, and she, yeah. I, I don't think she'd be much use, to be honest. I think they've done it out of charity. Um, and the one, the one other um, performance I want to talk about now, Wilf Scolding, and not an actor whom I'm aware of, playing the character of John Martin, who's essentially the murderer of Anne I Clark. think I think he's in Miranda, the, the TV comedy series. With we must not Miranda hold Hart. that. We must not hold that against him. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> um, so uh, he's in Game of Thrones, apparently. Yeah, he may well have been in that. Yeah. Um, and the archers. I I can't see Miranda. Here. I'm sure he was in Miranda. No, no, we're not not according okay. to IMDb. <laughs> okay, I'm obviously not doing. <laughs> I'm obviously not doing very well with my uh, <laughs> yeah. randomly trying to guess where <laughs> which things people have been in. Um, no, no, no comedy at all, really. But um. Uh, what I will say about him um, is that he is made up to look like Mark Gatiss. He is playing Mark Gatiss, playing John Martin, to a certain extent. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, hang on. We've got the... Yeah, no, I'm on the wrong person. <laughs> Don't worry. Go on. Uh, okay, so, so, so you're thinking of... Um, I'm thinking even... of James, James Holmes. Okay, I think he's, I think he's in oh, Thomas Snell. He is indeed yeah. in Miranda. Plays Clive in Miranda. Yeah, I was also in Psychoville and Peep Show. 
and Sherlock. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. Um, that, now that's a funny performance, isn't it? Because um, he he plays an eccentric character and a character who's like um, eccentric to the point of not really believable <laughs> eccentric. Yeah. But, uh, yeah uh, but, but but he doesn't ruin anything. He's just um, he he's what you might call a pub regular, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and so that's like the cast. And what's just another another slight interesting uh, cast member. So there's somebody who plays the part of the the, the hosier, who I think um, is possibly I don't know which which uh, role that is, but it's played by uh, an actor called Ian Hallard, who is Mark Gatiss's husband. So there we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, just, I saw him at the end of the um, IMDb and I, was, I like just two seconds ago, I thought, I don't remember there being a hose. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so, that's, so that, that, that's, a, that's a little cameo there. <laughs> okay. No, fair, fair enough. Um, but the story is essentially that it's the, uh, John Martin's on trial because Anne Clark's been found and uh, dead. Uh, her throat slit and body dumped into a pond. And, and, and his, his knife was, was there as well. Yeah, his, his knife was discovered by it. And yeah. the, the whole story was that um, Anne was a girl with, uh, well, autism. We'd say autism. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that he um, became fond of, because uh, I think he's, I think he is genuinely fond of her. Uh, becomes fond of her at a Christmas party because they 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 dance to a particular song, didn't they? And um, then he he's regularly sees her, and it becomes a bit of a village joke um, that that Anne's his sweetheart, whereas he's like a squire, and and she she's a poor orphan girl and uh, with mm. uh, innocent as they say like like uh, an innocent doesn't have the full use of her mental faculties so, so yeah as, 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 essentially um not 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 um a suitable match for him at all and and, and also um they use that horrible phrase um very uncomely don't they <laughs> I mean, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but but it kind of all turns sour doesn't it when his uh proposed uh, marriage to an, uh, a suitable wife from, from a rich family uh, is called off because she basically won't um, marry anyone who's the subject of such gossip. No, sorry. Interestingly, I thought the... Uh, I, I, you, you said that he was quite fond of her and I didn't read it that way. I didn't. Uh, I, th- I think he's kind of... I don't think he's a very nice person. So he's mucking around with her because he's getting some sort of kick out of the fact that 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 she appears to like him. So that, that I think I think that's that's I think but, that's more of the the the, the reason than. See, see, uh, I can see what you're saying, and and maybe that that is the case. However, I think that's a less. Um, <laughs> it's quite then he's just all bad isn't he what I think is, is the way I interpret it is that that's not the, necessarily the case but of, no I, th- the I think, thing I about think the, you're wrong 
<laughs> but because 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 he's he's only upset and and well murdering someone is not is not murdering someone because your 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 engagements to somebody who's quite well off with a, with a large dowry um and getting has been called off because you're seeing this other person would not necessarily drive you to kill that person if you were fond of them. So, so, so I, 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 so I, I think I'd like to explain. Bad. No, well, explain, explain your thing, but, but you're wrong because he's all bad. Well, you see, you see I, I think he's I think, a wrong one. I, 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 he is a wrong one. I, I think, I think that's absolutely true. However, I don't, I don't think his relationship with, with Anne starts off just due to malice. I don't think it's played like that way, and I don't, I don't think it's that 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 way in, in the original story but i i think what turns it, it murderous what turns him completely against her it is um not just that his um in, engagement is broken off because of it but also then because she won't leave him alone and he knows he'll never get he's, his prospects are completely destroyed um big big because he clearly needs money and he's never going to find another, he's never going to find a, a match with her around. So, so, and then that obviously turns him murderous and, and he lures her out to the pond and, and sits at the throat. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's very clear from the evidence that he, he's, he's done that. But like I say, I, <laughs> I think it's a subtlety, is it? Because he's obviously a murderous swine, but I, <laughs> I, I, prefer, I, prefer, I prefer to think of him as a slightly more rounded character. And maybe that's, well, yeah. And I, I, would, I would say it's quite well played because mm. he's not played as uh, Dick Dastardly, is he? he, he's, he he's played as um, someone who's quite young and pathetic and also tormented because he's obviously because this being a ghost story um mm. there's evidence that um Anne has been um haunting him from beyond the grave singing their song uh while he's in prison but also like um there's a uh, evidence about her coming coming back to the pub and um you know uh, like physically um going for him because you know you hear yeah. her but then the, all the lights go out and then she's in the cupboard and then they and then something comes out that's so fast that they can't see it and, and that kind of thing and then, then you, this this is a sort of clinching part of the the evidence isn't it that that that, that the um attorney uh puts forward is that she's actually been seen by other witnesses um after the date at which she can't, can't any longer be alive which um <laughs> wouldn't be that great evidence but then people no. says it's not that it's not the ghost story that's no. the evidence it's his behavior <laughs> yeah. and, he's, and he's obviously talked about missing his knife uh, <laughs> which is yeah. the scene and, 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 and stuff like that very very <laughs> so, so it's all very, his behavior is very incriminating and and then there's there's an, another uh, witness uh, a shepherd boy who's yeah. uh, been engaged to help him look for a knife but not to tell anyone he's doing that and then, and then he's seen and um, yeah as it was well it's, it's, it, could, it must have been her <laughs> like, like come out um, come out of the water yeah exactly 
is portrayed quite creepily. Very creepily, you, yeah. you know, and and um, and then there's a the wonderful creepy shot of of um, Anne sort of framed against the window in the court, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah and then it gets freaked and, and he freaks yeah. out with the the thirteen people. Right, yeah, because um, yeah. he he's found because he the evidence is damning, and he's and his defence yeah. is absolutely like <laughs> he he tries to say that Judge Jeffries is his cousin, which Judge Jeffries yeah. doesn't like at all, <laughs> and yeah. then he says, "Oh well, well, you how can you believe these country folk?" <laughs> and then that's his defence, <laughs> and, and yeah, so he um, but then he freaks out because. Uh, the, he sees 13 in the jury and he sees Anne and then then you you see the 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 drowned decaying corpse of Anne pointing and laughing and he points and laughs back doesn't he because he's got crazy and then you've got this last shot of him being led to the gallows with the procession and then the last person in the procession slightly back from everyone else is clearly Anne because she's got a uh, her way of moving like fast moving and clapping and jumping around and stuff is yeah um, we, 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 yeah so re- recognizably someone with learning difficulties and also very recognizable in a even silhouetted in that last shot um yeah so um i'm gonna i'm i'm, I'm gonna put this out there now i don't really know whether this is a 10 out of 10 but i can't think of anything wrong with it i think this is great i i may have yeah i may have criticized slightly somebody's performance but it doesn't lower the score this is great i love this this is yeah this this is for me this hits every mark this is every bit as good as the classic uh episodes from the 70s this is great yeah i would agree (laughs) um 100 although Looking on IMDb, the, uh, the 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 reviews tend to veer from like one or two out of ten to to nine or ten out of ten. <laughs> There's a few in between ones, but yeah. See, this is people reviewing Mark Gatiss, isn't it? This is like yeah. I hate him for some for some reason for some yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> like, but, but, this, but this is brilliant, and the performances are all fantastic. Um, it's quite interesting because I think again it's it's reasonably faithful to the to the um, source material. Well, this is what I'm going to say. This this is now like because I, I I criticised that he had m- maybe not interpreted Tractamidoth yeah. like exactly as it as it should be interpreted. But but this is note perfect, absolutely although, note perfect. Although <laughs> it's interesting because the actual story is is essentially a kind of transcript of the court. So it's sort of it's sort of a, a half halfway there to being a script anyway yeah it's, it's not a, not to not to put any you know this down in any way but i think you know but it's also i mean there there's a reason this hasn't been adapted but before and i, I think you read because I, I i reread the story obviously but I, yeah I, I, I it wasn't one of my favorites it's not um you have to really think yeah oh, this is yeah, you have to look through that a bit to see the potential because um, you, you know the stuff with Anne. Um, yeah. I, I think Gatiss has re, uh, has wrung every last bit of that. He's taken some contemporary stuff and put it in to really enhance it, and and yeah, uh, and so he he's just done everything 
absolutely right. So, so that he's taken a story which is good, but probably isn't the most memorable, and he's made it one of the yeah really most memorable um, t- t- TV. Yeah, events. definitely, definitely. And, and you know, uh, Peter Capaldi is a very safe pair of hands. He's very good as the uh, yeah attorney, and, and with with him and Judge Jeffries, you've got uh, a, a courtroom drama because it is partly a courtroom drama that yeah then the courtroom scenes are compelling you i think because when i heard about this i i thought it was strange <laughs> that capaldi was in that role um yeah but but then but then i i see it's just it's just to keep it to keep it ticking over so that and because although this is bbc4 again because the budget does extend yeah. to recreating some of the the other scenes um <laughs> you, you know that that is what because i mean that's where the action is to certain yeah. degree but, but um <laughs> um you don't need the, the the showy big name performance there do you that's where the 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 the, the direction and the tension and things you need the 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 the, the real the real top acting is to keep the wordy stuff going yeah yeah, yeah and, and it's quite wordy yeah and 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 that's so, so oh you, you know um i i i had an experience just a couple of weeks ago because um uh, there was um there's, there's a, an academic who, who who I follow, uh, Dr. Jane Piddick, and uh, so, so there's a lot of she's an MR James scholar, so there's quite a lot of James discussion there, and and um, yeah. I, I ended up s- saying to um, someone who's a, who's, an, who's an artist who's actually illustrating a, uh, an American edition of um, Ghost Stories and Antiquary right now, I think, but 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 um, and I said I, I said I thought that Martin's Close was 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 a genuine classic. And his response to that was the Danny DeVito meme of him going, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> ah, so you're one of the people that hates him then. <laughs> I yeah. thought. So yeah. I'm like, and this is someone who really, like, obviously really does know and appreciate James, but he obviously doesn't yeah. get the, the, the Mark Gatiss thing. And I don't think Mark Gatiss should take that personally, yeah? Because I, I think yeah. I, I saw, um, I think, this is just because of his high profile. I think I saw David Mitchell once say that, that there's always going to be someone that finds you intensely irritating and thinks that everything you do is specifically crafted specifically to irritate further. (laughs) (laughs) And and those people, they're just going to not like you. And and that's in the public eye, you will get that. (laughs) I do. I do wonder if that's, that's part of the problem because, because he does, yeah, I, I'm an MR James group on Facebook, and and he seems to be almost universally hated on there. And and I do wonder if it, it's just because over the last few years, and especially around the time of some of these adaptations, uh, he Gators has sort of been everywhere, and and was all over the BBC because he's an actor, things, and he's and he's become the kind of uh, you know with, with Sherlock and Doctor Who. And he's also now become the the face of, of anything kind of classic horror on, at all um, that's on on the BBC. And I do wonder if perhaps it, it's just a case that people are just fed up with him. Maybe or it could be over if you don't like him. Just and perhaps if you don't like him, it's it's it possibly could be seen as a bit of a kick in the teeth. Uh, and, but, and I do uh, think I do think that he's mm-hmm. he's. Uh, 
his uh, one of his big strengths is sort of um, writing very good sort of pastiches of, of, of things. Um, a lot of his sort of Doctor Who stuff are, are good pastiches of things. Um, and I remember my first experience of knowing who he was was of the Doctor Who New Adventures book um, Nightshade, which is which is very good. Um, that's obviously a pastiche of, of, of Quatermass. So that seems to be that seems to be a thing that he likes doing, and, and it's something I think we both like as well. So that's why it's sort of uh, why we probably quite like him. Um, but I wonder if that if people feel like he's in some way making fun of it, perhaps again because of his comedy background with. League of Gentlemen. Do people think he's making fun of um, the material? I honestly don't know. Uh, it'd be quite interesting to hear from someone that really doesn't like him, to, 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 but but likes him, like James, to to see like yeah. what? Why don't you like Martin's Close? Like, I mean, what, what, what is it that you don't like specifically? Because <laughs> he because he isn't in any of these, right? So, no. so if it's if it's Mark Gatiss as the actor or as the presenter you don't like, you don't have well, to worry. He's not, he's not in it. <laughs> he was he was in the dead room. Oh yeah, uh, like uh, he's an <laughs> announcer, isn't he? He's got an yeah. audio cameo. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, it's I don't know. I mean, but then I, I, I think you know there are people who, who don't like Sherlock. I mean, most, Sherlock's very popular, but there are people that don't like that. Yeah. And, and there are more people that had an issue with um, that Dracula adaption. But Oh, loads of people had, especially the third episode. Yeah, and I, and I don't understand. That's a whole separate thing. No, I don't. That's I a don't whole understand. separate thing we'll go, go into. And, yeah, yeah. Do you know, and I, I don't want to... But, but I mean, also, I think it's fair to point out there are people who feel like that, but there are a lot of people that obviously regard Mark Gatiss as, as we do because he is one yeah, of yeah. Our foremost talents, and and I don't I don't want to say I don't want to paint us as like bastion defenders <laughs> <laughs> against the Philistines. I don't think that's true. It's just, um, yeah, he is a controversial, a slightly controversial He's figure sort of, for these adaptions. Yeah. Um, um, he, def- he just seems to be somebody that people either seem to really like or really dislike for some reason. Um, and we're not going to get to the bottom of that now. No. But uh, what I would like to say, um, going back to that <laughs> that BFI interview I've mined yeah. so successfully for having <laughs> spent 12 minutes watching it, um, <laughs> um, it he, what he said was that he wanted to make one of these adaptions a year. So he said that yeah. in 2013, and obviously he hasn't done that. Um, no. He made three in total, um, and there's a lot of years he hasn't made. But I don't think he needs to do that. I mean, if he wants to do that, I'd like to watch more um, ghost stories from him. And I really want yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe to look at E.F. Benson. And I know he knows the E.F. Benson ghost stories because um, I've got his audio book of him reading them. And he does. Yeah. These. <laughs> but um, and, and that, those those are really good. And they've never been yeah. very seldom been adapted. And I'd, so I'd love to ha- see him have a go at the room. In I the think he, I think I think he has actually mentioned that. And I know that I think this year I, I saw I read an interview with him where he said that um, 
the plan was to do one this year, but obviously with everything that's happened, they 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 haven't they hadn't you know even started to think about doing it because yeah it was it was never going to get filmed. Yeah, I can understand that, but I, I really hope he does have have a crack at a Benson or another James or, or something else. Yeah. I'm less bothered about a new one, <laughs> but I'd still watch. Yeah. I'd, yeah. um, and then there is another reason as well, um, because if he does just new ones, he's com- competing a bit too directly with Inside Number Nine, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, don't, I just I don't think he should do that. Uh, no. So, no. so, but 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 hey, if you want whatever he wants to do, I'll, I'll still watch it because I yeah, <laughs> and, and I have nothing else to say, which is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> unusual, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I don't either. Uh, except to say, you know, Mark, if you want to chat to us, we're we're open to have a, have an interview if you're if you want to. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Just in, just in case he's listening. <laughs> if he's if he's got to the end. Um, <laughs> so. so there is one thing I'd like to save for after your um, rundown of all our social media presences, which I, I know okay. is a big part of the show for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people tune in, <laughs> listen to, to an hour of us waffling, to, to, to specifically to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, well, obviously, you can, you can uh, contact us on Facebook, where we're a very British horror, or you can tweet us on Twitter, uh, where we're at very Brit horror. Or you can email us at verybritishhorror at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. So the one thing I want to do and the thing I want to finish is, of course, this is a seasonal episode. And so I'd like to wish everybody listening a very Merry Christmas or possibly a very Happy Easter, depending on when you're listening. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, hopefully um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, 2020 is... uh, and covid are all uh, horrible memories and um uh, you know everything is much much nicer and if you're listening to this uh, 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 uh just after it goes out then sorry covid is still here and everything's a big giant mess but <laughs> <laughs> but happy christmas yeah. and good luck with brexit anyway yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> on that note i've been chris denton And I'm still Paul Monk. Goodbye. Bye. And we're back for our first ever postscript. Um, yeah, so this is the, the really exciting uh, uh, connection and facts that I have um, about 
uh, track tape mid, track tape mid off, which I, I completely forgot to say whilst doing it. Um, basically, in the bit where uh, Garrett goes up to find the book the first time, the, the sort of um, tank top sweater thing that he's wearing, I have the exact same one. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so there we go. So I, I, I was distracted during that going, oh, is that the one I've got? And I looked at it. And, no, that's exactly the same as one that I own. That's amazing. I'm really oh, glad we we we've done this. So are you first. glad that you, yeah. you glad we added that on and you came back and recorded that? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, on that bombshell, bye. Bye. <laughs>